All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. I'm gonna hit the town. Yeah, I'm gonna make some noise. I push past the pain and my wounded pride. I'm gonna live it up. Yeah, stay out all night. But sure, I've had some better times. And I can't count all the tears I can Do you ever wonder what a Gen X thinks? Welcome to the Gen X Talks podcast. Today we have a special episode because we're here with a presidential candidate, Gen X dad. We'll be asking <laughs> him questions and follow-up questions will be presented by Gen X mom. Hello, everyone. Well, I guess that's the way to start a little bit on that. Uh, I guess I'm here for the long haul. Yeah, and uh, you have no knowledge of the questions we're about to ask, correct? Nope. So many people have been asking about this, so... These these are questions from viewers. on From followers? Yeah, on if you were president, what would you ask Gen X Dad? You know, that seems to be something that's in a lot of the comments that you show me over the last hundred videos. You know, there's some people, oh, Gen X Dad for president, Gen X Dad 2024. So these are kind of from that same genre of just people asking questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. we put a poll out on uh, Instagram. We may do this more, so go follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then if that's the way it's going to be, then that's the way it's going to be. I guess I'm ready. So okay. before oh. we get started, these are just random questions from uh, followers on our Instagram page. Um, they are in no particular order. We're just going to ask them or Gen Z kid is going to ask. Okay. Okay. First question of the Gen X Talks presidential interview. <laughs> okay. So wait, this is like, Okay, so I'm the presidential candidate. Yes, yes, you are. Okay, all right. I will try to act accordingly. Okay. Gen X dad. Yeah. Would you want the job of president of the United States? Um, no. I mean, it, okay, do I have to run for office? Is it? Do I have to go through the whole candidacy process and tour the country and get votes, or do I just get the job? Because I don't want to run for office, but if you're going to give me the job like, okay, starting tomorrow, just show up at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and your, 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 your job starts tomorrow, you're president. If that's oh, the, then you'll take it. Then I'll take it, yeah. Okay. If so, I don't have to work for it, I'll yeah. take it, because there's no way that I could win a, a candidacy. But if you're going to give mm -hmm. it to me what I want it, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Second question. Okay. If you were to be president of the United States, would you wear a suit? Yeah. Heck yeah. They Ooh. got some really good tailors and ties and yeah. I'd like to see that. I would wear a suit. You'd wear a suit? Every day. Every day. Yep. With your Bronco hat? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to wear you got to wear a suit to work. You got to dress for well, the job you want, not the job you got. This is a you didn't answer my question. I would not wear the Bronco hat unless it was appropriate. I can be presidential. I This is my follow-up question. Okay. Since you are president of the United States, yeah. the whole country... Could you really pick a singular team out of a nation? Yeah, Ooh. because other, other presidents have, have cheered for specific teams. George Bush, I think he was for the Cowboys because yeah. he was from there. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you're allowed to do that. Okay. You are normal. Yeah. <laughs> then there was, there was people that picked the Yankees and stuff. Yeah, I'd go, I could do that. Okay. okay. Number three. 
if you were president, could you make America great again? Uh, no, I couldn't. Really? Why? You, America's already great. We're we're a great country. So what? We have inflation right now. We have uh, problems. So what? We're still a great country. What makes us great is that we fix things as we go along. We identify problems and address them and move mm-hmm. on. That's true. So I think we're already a great country. Okay. Nice answer. Good answer. Good answer. It's like Family Feud. Okay, <laughs> question number four. All right. Would you trust your sons to help you run the country? Tread lightly. Boom, boom, boom. Let's see. Um, well, I guess if I... C- I one son who's living in Bend, Oregon right now, I wouldn't trust him to wash the presidential limousine right now. <laughs> um, maybe that's the only job he could do. Go wash the limousine. Now, the other, I'm not talking about you yet. The other two sons, which are older, uh, the one who's the, the pot smoking tree hugger living in Eureka, I would definitely put him in my cabinet. I definitely would. The dude is smart, and the kid has some relatability to a lot of people that I might have a hard time relating to. He is really mm-hmm. in touch. Ooh, and good. I would trust his judgment on saying, he'd say, hey, Dad, we got to do things this way. Yeah, I'd believe that. I'd there's definitely mm-hmm. put him in my cabinet. Um, the I know your uh, older son could be on your security detail. Yeah. The one that lives in Vegas? Yeah. Um, chief of the Secret Service. Yeah. You kidding me? I'm going to put him chief of Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say he could, yeah, I could probably squeeze out some detail for him to, yeah, in some, some fashion. Yeah. And? He can be on the Secret Service in charge of getting me ho-hos and ding-dongs and ice-cold milk. <laughs> but he, he, he'd have a security position somewhere. It just wouldn't mm-hmm. be at the top. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. um, I don't know. Does does the presidential? Do we have a circus advisor? <laughs> <laughs> you could be in charge of the circus, you clown. Um, I couldn't put you in charge of anything. You're fifteen and a half. Media. No, you'd be like Baron Trump. Shut up and do your job. Go to school. <laughs> yeah. Or. Okay. Yeah. You'd have to wait your turn. <laughs> Question numero cinco. Okay. Would you take marijuana off of the Schedule One substance list and legalize it? Um, there, that's a that's a tough question at the moment. And let me let me tell you why. And this is going to give you a real good Gen X perspective on mm-hmm. this. Uh, marijuana. Let's go. Let's go back to like the seventies or the early eighties. Marijuana was marijuana. He had like, you know, there was a couple different varieties, but it was marijuana. You knew what you were getting. Some was a little stronger, but, you know, uh, that marijuana was, in my opinion, about as detrimental as alcohol. In fact, I think alcohol uh, is worse in some cases. Now, let me explain why. Uh, When you, some people get drunk and they want to fight. There's, in fact, there's quite a few people that get drunk and they get angry and want to fight. Right. They beat their wives, they beat their kids, they start brawls at baseball games and in mm-hmm. bars. Okay. And th- there's a good number of people that do that. Yeah. Now, there's there's happy drunks and there's silly drunks, but when you smoke weed, I don't know anybody that smokes weed and gets in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody that smokes weed and uh, you know goes into some radical violent mode until they, until they sober up. It just I've never seen it. Now, they, you drink and, and smoke, and you can get in a car wreck. <laughs> Your That's judgment true. is impaired. True. But 
I, I think there's some more damaging things, and I, I would guess from the limited knowledge I have of talking to doctors about it, I think that I think um, alcohol damages your body way more than weed. Mm-hmm. However, I knew here, there was something. Here comes yeah. the comma. Um, what we're dealing with today is not weed. Some of the stuff, the chemicals they put in weed. You yeah. mean super weed? Super weed. Super yeah. weed. <laughs> Some of the stuff they're putting in, they're lacing to amp up weed. I can't even tell you what chemicals and what they're lacing it with that becomes. It, uh, yeah, maybe people would become violent. Maybe they would. There could be all sorts of problems. I maybe wonder it's why ten they can still worse. call it weed then. Well, because it primarily is. It's still grass, um. but still marijuana. But the the in a competition to get you to come to their store and buy their grass, their weed, their marijuana, some of the stuff they're lacing it with, and I'm telling you from firsthand experience, no, I don't smoke weed, I don't care to, but from the people that I know that are in the business, uh, yeah, that is a big, big, big thing. Hmm. So I don't know that I could legalize it because I'm not, you can't legalize mm-hmm. chemically. And you can't go back. No, you can't legalize chemically manufactured and modified marijuana, but if it was back... 30 years ago? Absolutely I would. Absolutely I would declassify yeah. that. Yeah, but don't you think 30 years ago if we would have done it 30 years ago, we would have been right here now like with something bigger and stronger? Oh, sure. I think it would have, yeah. Eventually get yeah, here? I think so too. I think they mm-hmm. would have um, science would have come along with the ride and done the same thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying that I don't feel comfortable legalizing a narcotic that has been historically mellow but clearly is now much, much stronger yes. and something okay. different. Okay. Yeah. Old weed, you'd get high, you're in the clouds. <laughs> now you're on a different plane of existence, <laughs> apparently. Super you better weed. say apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you better I was going to go, huh? Apparently. You better say, and so I've been told. And so I've been told. <laughs> um, question number six. Yeah. Very hard-hitting questions. Okay, I'm ready. If you were a woman, would you be attracted to yourself? Oh, God, no. <laughs> No, no. I mean, I am one handsome son of a bitch. I won't. I will tell you that. But I would not be attracted to me. Okay. Okay. So, are you ready for question seven? I am. How or woo? Uh, <laughs> what will you do with the border cri- border crisis? Yeah, you're really fumbling through here, Spunky McGee. What will you do with the border crisis? How will you handle it? Um, boy, this is gonna win me friends and influence people right away. Well, okay. you're trying to win the presidency. Yeah. All right. You want free votes? Here's yeah. Your chance. Oh, I want free votes. Uh, then we open the border and make uh, everyone a citizen, and then you can all vote for me because I did it for you. There. Now I'm going to win. However, that's not what's best for America. Uh, immigration is a wonderful thing. Immigration should continue. But there's... Nothing wrong with coming into our country through a point of entry. You know, we have those where you come into the country and say, hey, I'm here. And this is, and they, oh, well, they come through the Rio Grande and they come across just outside of El Paso. All right. If you guys are going to keep doing that, I'm going to build a point of entry right there. Right on that spot, the most popular spot where illegals come through. Guess what? I bet they won't even go there anymore, even though we put it right <laughs> in their path. Right in the path they use. Now they picked a new path. You know why? Because they don't want to come through a point of entry. So, how would I handle the border crisis? You put the military on the border, all the way across the southern border. You tell a general, get down there and don't let anybody cross. Okay? You're done. 
Then you finish Trump's wall. You build the wall. Then you build more or better or both points of entry. Centers where people can come in. I, I've got a question. Would you build or consider building more points of entry? Yeah, sure. Because it always seems people complain it's too backed up. Yeah, and that's why they just run across. No, build more. Hire more people to do the job. You put the military on the border, right? Then you stop immigration. You tell them, hey, you're in control of the border. You're in control of the, with the work with the Coast Guard, and we're done. No more people coming in. Then you build, finish the wall. You put in more points of entry where people can have access to our country, and you vet those people. You give them their vaccination. You find out if they're bad guys. No bad guys coming in. No criminals. No women beaters. No child traffickers. Right now, the liberals are so bent, and I can say that because that's my competition in this presidential <laughs> election. Yeah. They are so bent on flooding in millions of voters. They want millions of votes. They want to bring people in and give them money and go, mm -hmm. look what we did for you. Vote for us. That's it. That is the bottom line. Anybody who says any different is lying. Mm. So after you build the border and you have the points of entry, you can pull the military off there. The next thing you do is you round up all the illegals in the country. I, didn't, I didn't say throw them out. No, but that would be... You round them up. If there's 20 million of them, you, you figure out where they are and you, you grab each one of them and go, okay, here's your such and such ID card. You are, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're a temporary citizen or you're, temp you're, you're an immigrant, whatever. And you find all 20 million. Now, out of those 20 million, hey, maybe there's 7 million that are complete assholes. Hmm. They're violent offenders. They've committed crime. Get them out. Throw them back over the border. I don't care if you stole candy from a liquor store. You're out. If you don't value being here that much that you're going to steal from one of the liquor stores in, our, in my country, you're going to steal from people, then you're out. That's it. I, don't, I have no sympathy. We have, there's a lot of people that want to be here in this country. There's a lot. So, I don't, I, so after you round everybody up, you throw out all the bad guys and all the good people that are trying here, that want to be here, that are trying to be productive, you leave them. Mm -hmm. You don't try to get, you, you figure out some path to citizenship. You got to learn English. Uh, you got to know the Pledge of Allegiance. You got to know who the, what the Constitution is. Come on, man. Give them the stuff so they can be, be proud of it. They're, that's what they need to do. So you seal the border. You build the border. You keep everybody out except through points of entry, and you let in anybody you want that's vetted. You get rid of the bad guys that are here, throw them back over the fence, and keep the good ones. Hmm. Bad guys out, good guys in. And the border makes sure, as best as possible, from this point on, only good guys get in. And then welcome welcome all of you, because you want to be here. We're all going to work together on this. Hmm. Excellent. Yeah, except mm -hmm. I just lost the election on that right there. <laughs> yeah. Question numero eight. Okay. Would you look into who really runs America? Um. Like you mean some secret society? Yes. Yeah. If I started getting orders from people, you know, like, hey, this is what you need to do. I'd be like, well, who's telling me this shit? You know, I'm not, what, but you know, who's running this show? Yeah. I wouldn't look into it, but if somebody came tapping me on the shoulder saying I had to do and say things, I'd have, I'd have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd really like to know who those people are. <laughs> Question number eight. Another hard hitting. I thought that was eight. Nine. Way to keep track of your own moderation. <laughs> That's why I have her here. Yeah. Okay. It's always something with you. Okay. Question number nine. Thank you. All right. 
Another hard-hitting one. Okay. Would you make the baseball season longer? <laughs> is, you think uh, we're pushing them coming up to 200 games isn't enough? No. Well, you can't. A president, you don't have control over a private enterprise like Major League Baseball. No. I wouldn't have anything to say about that. Okay. Okay. Question number 10. The, get the number right. How do you feel about income inequality, especially for women? How would you fix it? What, why do people keep saying there's income inequality? Do you realize that, let, let's, let's be fair about something, especially with big corporations. Let's take Target or Walmart. I mean, a big outfit, okay? And they have 100,000 employees. And they look at their bottom line. They're pinching pennies everywhere they can. They're trying to figure out how to make their shopping carts cheaper by 10 cents. You know, they're trying to keep put light bulbs in that'll save them five cents a month. I mean, they cut every corner they can to save money on their bottom line. And everybody runs around saying, oh, women get paid 70% less. All right, you could probably find a few examples here and there. All right, yeah, you can't hold them up as the truth or the norm. But let's face it, if those big companies could really save 30% by hiring women, they would have women executives and women middle management and upper management everywhere. They wouldn't miss a chance at that. It would look good for them. They could say, hey, hmm. we hired all women, and they're saving 30%. Interesting. If that was true, if that was a real actual statistic that wasn't just from some stupid website you know, that John Homer made up in his basement, <laughs> if it was a real stat, then people would really be doing it. They would really, it would already be a thing. It would be like, holy shit, men would be complaining. You're mm -hmm. hiring all the women for less money because they're going to work cheaper. This is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not a fact. It's not even, I don't believe it's real. So I wouldn't do anything. You get got there and get the job. If women want to work for a few bucks less so they can get the job, let them do it. If a man wants to undercut a woman and say, I'll do it $5 an hour cheaper than that woman, let him do it. You go. Mm -hmm. It's competition. It's capitalism. Go, go, take it. Hmm. Question number eleven. Yeah, I'm gonna stop counting after this. Uh, <laughs> how would you change the Constitution of the United States to better accommodate groups such as LGBT, BLM, and Antifa? Now, wow. The question ooh, was. That's a tough one. The question was how how would I change the Constitution to better fit or accommodate those groups? Mm-hmm. And. Wow. That's and it. before you answer, yeah, we have a word from our sponsor. That's right. We got some bills to pay. You got bills to pay? All right. Then I'm going to take off my headset and you go about your business paying your bills. And welcome back from our commercial break. I'm sure I sounded enthusiastic. Hello, everyone. <laughs> welcome back. You're going to have to repeat the question. That was like minutes ago. Okay. Repeating the question. Okay. How would you change the Constitution of the United States to better accommodate groups such as BLM, LGBT, and Antifa? How would I change the Constitution to fit those groups? I would not. I'm not going to change the Constitution at all. Good. <laughs> uh, those groups need to fit into my Constitution of my country. I'm not going to accommodate them. My constitution isn't going to bend its knee to them. My constitution has given them and afforded them a, an enormous amount of freedoms and rights. It is now their job to fit into the country to which they reside, to fit in to the constitution. I have a follow-up question. Figured you would. That uh, you, could say, you could say, but I'm going to say it. Where in the constitution does it exclude them? Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I don't have to change it to be inclusive. It includes every American. So if you're an American, you're in. You're in the club. You got the rights and privileges of every other one of us. Change the whoever wrote that question sent it to you to get kicked in the head. Anybody who starts a sentence with change the Constitution. Okay, pull the plug. Next. <laughs> well, speaking of hitting them in the head. Yeah. Should spanking and disciplining kids be normalized again? It's not. Well, I. I oh, know, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't do that. No, 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 no. I know. Okay, wait. Say the question again. Should spanking slash disciplining kids be normalized again? Okay, is that my kids or can I do it to other kids? Uh, I think they're talking kids as a whole. What does like the Bible a- say? Spare the rod and spoil the child. And I don't want you to harm a child. I don't want you to give them a bloody nose or break a bone. However, physical discipline raised a certain number of kids in society and look at the society we had now that we're being raised through timeouts and group hugs. You take a look at the kids today versus the kids of 30 years ago, and you tell me which ones are going to make better Americans to contribute to society. <laughs> you tell me, you tell me which force, which which force of discipline is working. And so there's your study group. There's your focus group. You got decades of analytics to look at. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Next question. Yeah. Again. Okay. Hard hitting. Would you ban pineapple on pizza? Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. Executive order. I'd sign it tomorrow. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what kind of Hawaiian well, upside down pineapple. There go your pizza owners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> follow follow up question to that. Okay. Would you ban all of fruit off of pizza or just pineapple? What other fruit gets yeah. put on pizza? Uh, tomatoes. Because of oh, the yeah. marinara sauce. Tomato's a vegetable. Tomato's fruit. It is hey, a fruit. I told you it was a vegetable, and it's a vegetable. Executive you, order. Tomatoes are now vegetables. <laughs> Executive order. Tomatoes have always been vegetables. It's not. <laughs> it's a so fruit. If, if I don't put tom- s- strawberries. Do I really got to go down the list? No strawberries, no pineapple, no tomatoes. Gotcha. So if a tomato is a fruit, then is ketchup a smoothie? Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Gen Z moron. What the hell? <laughs> Hey, next question. Do you think pop culture is dead today because of computers? What what's pop what do you mean pop culture? I don't understand. Movies, TV, music. Oh. Like it influencing a generation like it did in the 80s well, yeah, and 90s. Yeah, of course it of course it influences it. You can't not. And it mean some things are in my opinion from growing up having both. Most of you listening out there I have no idea what both sides of the coin look like so you're just gonna have to trust me when I tell you that I know what both sides look like because I've lived both sides there's some good and there's some bad um, from the from the internet and computers one of the bad things is is that uh, you computer and internet has drawn people away from family time Mm. you know used to sit around and play family games used to sit around a table at dinner time and talk to each other about your day that's all there was to do. You know, you didn't run off and go get on there. But you know what? The kids are on their phone. We had to have a rule in our house with seven children and you, eight when you were little. Uh, but when they all had phones, don't don't have your phones. Don't be on the Internet during dinner time. That's a huge pull. And we had them turn them in at the end of the night. Yeah. The, the biggest thing about culture, maybe not pop culture, the biggest 
disadvantage in the family, and I've talked about this at length with other groups, is, and I'm saying this as it relates to cell phones, you have to think about how things were a long time ago. Um, you would sit with your family at dinner time. You would do your homework and watch TV or play video games, and you go to bed. The next morning, you would wake up and go to school. Oh, hey, what happened? Oh, you know, um, I did this, I did that last night. Oh, my friends went to my grandparents' house for their my grandfather's birthday or whatever it was, or the weekends. That was a real good one on the weekends. You would wait all weekend, and you would go back to school, and you'd say, oh, what happened over the weekend? Oh, did you see that Bobby and Timmy got in a fight? Yeah, he broke his nose, and oh, did so-and-so mm-hmm. broke up with Jennifer, and they broke up, but they're not together, and you'd mm-hmm. learn everything that happened over the weekend exactly. or overnight. you learn what happened. Not anymore. With cell phones in today's culture and how technology and the internet has changed our culture, you know everything everybody ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> you know if somebody stubbed their toe. You know what video games they played In last a second. Night. Yeah. You guys never break away from your friends. You never have any downtime. You never have any family time. You guys are interconnected on every single level with every inane, stupid thing you can think to put on the internet, to put on your phone, to text, to show people, here's what I made for lunch, and here's what I ate for dinner. Here's the underwear I'm wearing today. (laughs) That is a big way that the internet and culture has changed because, I'm sorry, the way that the internet has changed culture and cell phones and technology's connectivity never lets you guys decompress. Yeah. Do you remember when we we used to leave the house for vacation? Even we just left, we left, and the only thing on was our answering machine? Yeah. That was it. We were gone. Yeah. You waited till you got back. A family road trip was like Chevy Chase and vacation. It was a real road trip. Nowadays, kids, they kept, they put their head in their phone the whole trip until they get where they're going. Even you did that. You said, when we got back, it was a year after we got back from our last big trip around the Western United States. Even you said, I wish I'd have paid attention more mm-hmm. because you had your head down in your phone during most of the trip and you would pop up and resurface. Oh, we're here. What am I looking at? But you'd miss everything in between. But that's mm-hmm. technology. That's culture. And you want to know how it's changed? Those are a couple ways that it's changed the way everyone behaves. In, the, in my opinion, for the worse. Okay. So next question. This is a, this is kind of a big one with multiple questions for you to answer. Jesus. <laughs> how would you handle the United Nations? Would the U.S. be a part of it? And would you invite outside countries to the United States? Um. I would handle the UN kind of the track we're on right now. Pay your fair share, step up, don't expect us to do everything for you. And here's something I thought of a long time ago in the Gulf War when we liberated Kuwait, okay? That cost the taxpayers of this country billions. How come and how come you can't treat this like any other transaction you'd find on the street? <laughs> how come you can't go to Kuwait and say, "All right, look, I see Iraq rolled in and took over your country." I'll tell you what. We'll come in and kick their ass and kick them out. But it's going to cost you, say, 10% of your oil fields. Ooh. That's it. That's the price. And if they say, yeah, we're good with that, and then they say, okay, we come in there, and here's the 10% you know, you're going to give us, and we'll, we kicked them out. Where's our 10%? We get paid. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that because you've got a bunch of liberal, Democratic crybabies. We shouldn't do that to those poor people from Kuwait. That's, that is not who we are. 
we don't, we're not mercenaries. We go in there. No, I just want it. I don't want the United States citizens to have to pay for that shit. If we're going to go liberate somebody and you got the money to pay us, then you pay us. You, you make the arrangements ahead of time. You got the oil fields. We'll come in there and kick them out. Otherwise, if you don't like it, just let them stay. You can just hang out and you guys are now part of Iraq. That's how I feel about that. What well, was your did, question? Well, you <laughs> what was after that? Hey, you didn't answer the last one. Well, the one. United Nations, I'd leave it the way it is and make everybody pay for the stuff we have to go do. What do you mean when I invite other countries into our, into, what? what? Well, like uh, Puerto Rico becoming a state. Oh, Stuff oh, like that, like what Cuba, I, like say if Cuba. Would I build on the United States and make more states? I don't know. Through um, other countries, would you invite other people? But now you change it again. Would I make like uh, the Marshall Islands a state? Would I make. Puerto Rico a state. How about we'll do two? Would you make those a state and would you invite others into the United States? Okay, I probably would not add any more states to the United States. They can stay. They have a lot of benefits. They just don't have the voting rights, but they get a lot of benefit from us. And we don't tell them what to do. They we took Puerto Rico and we didn't tell them what to do. They wouldn't like that. They like the benefit of being part of the United States, but they don't want to be controlled by us. So we don't have to tell them what to do and boss them around and follow our rules. But, you know, we, they have a lot of benefit because we're there to support them. So, no, I wouldn't add any any states to the United States. Okay. Next question. What? How do we get back to the national pride that Americans had in the time you grew up, 80s, early 90s? There's a... Uh, you know, you can't legislate that. You can't trick somebody into national pride. It's a feeling that you have to want to be part of. You have to see it around you so much that you want to be part of it. Um, it it's, national pride is not something that you put building blocks and, and stack it up and all of a sudden it's there. You can't paint it on a sign and it's there. You can put quarters... Um, with eagles on them, like we have, that doesn't generate it. It's not. It's not. There's no single event you can do. But I will tell you that when there is finally a shift in this country's attitude back towards patriotism and back towards loyalty to the country um, that's providing the blanket of security you sleep under, there will be very few people that won't feel that national pride. They're going to be outcasts. Right now, I'm going to tell you that all the people that scream, there was, a, there was a news anchor that says, I drive down a street of American flags and I feel threatened. Yeah, a woman a news anchor said that not too long ago. And there's people that say, I, I, don't, I don't like this country. America's not great and I have no pride and I don't feel good about being here. Okay, they're already in the minority. The people that act that way, that talk that way about my country, they're already in the minority. There's not more of them than there is of us. They're just better organized, okay? But as far as getting national pride caught back on, look, look at the culture we live in right now. Liberal Democrats have painted a picture of entitlement. And I'll spell this out really simply for you. There, it used to be, John Fitzgerald Kennedy used to say, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. That's pride in your yes, country. That's powerful. It is. And he was a Democrat, one of, the, one of the Democratic heroes of their party. And even their own party doesn't believe that anymore. They wake up in the morning, what can my country give me? What program can I sign up for? I'm, I'm entitled to things. 
I'm an American and I have rights. I should get health care. I should get money. I should get food. Are you going to deny me those things? I'm an American. Give me, give me those things. Okay. Well, those, those people know their rights. They know their rights as an American. Do they know their responsibilities? No, they just want it handed out to them. Well, it's kind of funny when you ask someone, well, tell me, I could mm -hmm. walk up to someone on the street and say, tell me all of your rights as an American. Ooh, they'll tell me right now. I have the right to money and food and medical care. I have the right to exist and live, and I have the right to be treated nice, okay? And what are your responsibilities as an American? Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm certain if, you're, if you say America, this great country, owes you all these things, that's fine, that's fair, that's your opinion. Now, what, what are your responsibilities to give back? Are you going to work? Are you going to volunteer? Are you going to endorse and support the country that gives you all these things? What are your responsibilities? And you know what? They can't tell you. Hmm. They have no clue to what their responsibilities as an American are. They know what their rights are. Oh, they'll claim all the stuff coming to them. But that's a different culture. Um, I grew up at the tail end, let's say, of people in America that woke up in the morning and felt duty and loyalty. And that was something that was big on our hearts. Now I wake up in a country where people have their handout and they're entitled. And that is a huge shift. When you talk about national pride, that was your question, how do we get that back? You have to shift from what can my country give me to what can I do for my country to make it a better place. And having your handout and always taking from this country does not make it better. It's necessary at times, but that's not what makes us better. Hmm. What makes us better is what we give back. And all these people that are screaming the loudest, you'll notice on the internet, all these screaming freaking liberals, the ones that scream the loudest, always seem to be the ones that contribute the least. Hmm. There you go. Okay. A uh, long-winded answer, but we're going to move <laughs> hey, on to our... You're the one who wanted to sit me down in this chair. Oh, it was well, a good, good long-winded answer. Or, I know, I never said it was bad. Okay, oh, you assumed that's true. Something. <laughs> Boom. Not president anymore. You assumed <laughs> something. <laughs> I'm out. Okay, just turn, okay. In, my, turn in my card. Okay. <laughs> okay, next question. Yeah. How do you, or what are your thoughts on voter ID or the use of voter ID? <laughs> well, I'll make this one real simple. You have to have an ID to drive a car to get a social security card. You have to have an ID to get welfare money. You have to have an ID. You have to have a license to have a dog. You have to have a license to fish. You have to have a license to do, you have to get license to get married. Our country forces you to have a license and identification for everything. Get on an airplane. Join the military. Get a military ID. Every single thing in this country requires identification or a license, except for one thing. Voting. So why would any government, any politician, ever, ever say, we don't want to keep track of how many voters they are? there are out there I mm. can't even can't even make up a reason in my head why would you not want to know it's already private it's private you don't nobody has to know who you vote for but we have to know who's voting no mm -hmm. no 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 we don't the only reason is the only reason people would push for no voter ID no license in that one category in this country is so they can cheat lie 
misconstrue. They can jumble it up. That's the only reason. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. That is the only reason you would vote for no ID. And it's really tough on those people because when you confront them and you tell them, hey, you got to have a license for everything else, but not this, we believe you're doing it for voter fraud. That's the only reason. You know what? They have, they have to struggle with an answer because they can't tell you that. They can't say, well, yeah, that's, you caught us. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> you, you, you got us. They have to come up with something. So what's the, what's the most common thing to throw out there today? Well, you're racist. You just don't want poor people to vote. Uh, poor people don't have a problem getting around when they need the Internet, when they need food, when they need to go to a baseball game. Poor people still find a way to get all the way around and do all that. Why can't they get down to the voting booth? <sighs> Don't, don't talk to me about it. You don't know. You don't live in our neighborhoods. You don't live in your neighborhood. You live in a penthouse. Shut up. <laughs> they, they talk about it like they're street-level people, and they're not. I'm a street-level person. I live in a middle-class neighborhood. I know what it's like. And people can get to places. People can get to voting booths. They can vote. You're at the, all they can claim, all they can claim is if you, don't, if, you go, if you go against us and you're for voter ID, then you're oppressing people. You're a racist and you're oppressing the vote. No, I am honoring the vote. I'm making sure their vote counts. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm honoring the vote, you dumbass. And that's the only thing they can do. They scramble for an answer and they've got their talking points down, but it's a lie. Okay, um, next question. Would you bring home the American troops from all around the world? No. Not from everywhere, no. I mean, I wouldn't station people um, forever in places. I'd rotate the troops like they do. They do that quite a bit. There's certain places, you know, we have big bases in Germany. I know some people would say, why do we have bases anywhere? We shouldn't have bases anywhere at all. Um, we shouldn't have troops anywhere. I, I don't agree with that. I think we need to have a presence in a lot of places to be able to mobilize and, and, and do things quickly, not just wartime stuff, but rescue operations, natural disasters. We need to be able to mobilize quickly. But if you're talking about Afghanistan, yeah, that's because that's currently what's going on. That's stupid. Pull everybody out. I think we should have kept enough people there to support the Afghan government and military to keep the peace. Yes, I said keep the peace. Put like we're policemen. I know people hate that. But if we give them equipment and we train their army and we support them, then we just sit there and we help them out. Now, do I want a soldier to die for another country? No, but that's part of the gig, man. That's part of where we're at. If you had joined the army and you were stationed in Afghanistan doing a tour over there and we were supporting um, the Afghan government and the Taliban killed you, I would not be upset with the choice that you made to go over there. I would not be upset with the choice of the military to put you there because some of those things need to happen. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put my family, myself at risk for the right things. And I think some of those things are the right things. I don't think we should have pulled out of Afghanistan right now. I think that was stupid. And people hanging on the sides of airplanes trying to get out desperate to leave their own country because the Taliban are rolling back in like nobody's home. Hmm. That was dumb. And now there's proof that it's dumb and we can all see it. So there. Okay. Uh, next Thank question. Thank you for your answer. You're welcome. Yes. So next question. Oh, yeah. Jenix mom is still here. Oh, hi. Yeah, she's still here. Just check in. Um, would you offer free tuition 
to all American citizens that want to attend college or trade school? Yes and no. And this is a real simple one that I've thought of before. We have free education from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, don't we? Yes, we do. Why do we stop there? Hmm. Is it because they say, well, higher education is a choice. All right. But just like back in the day, they used to um, have, in high school, they would offer you metal shop and auto shop and graphic arts and wood shop, things like that, and all sorts of plumbing and electrical courses. Why? Because they were letting you experience them just to see if you liked them. Yes, they did. And that turned a lot of people into careers. They turned them on to careers that they ended up being. So I think that we should pay, it should be public education for the first year of college, of a decent, not, you can't just take um, online photography and go, I'm in college. No, you're not. <laughs> Your online photography class is not, does not make you a college student. I don't care what you say. That's just stupid. But I think if you wanted to go to free college for the first year and take a full course load so you could see what it was like, college is not for everybody. Try it on. Right. Same with a trade school. If someone gets out of college, say, hey, I'd like to go to a, a trade school for the first year and see if I like it, see if I can cut it. Yeah. Then you can, then I don't, I don't, I'm not in favor of paying for free education all the way to they get their PhD in, <laughs> in you know, mechanical engineering. No. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think the first year out of college or out of high school, people should be given that chance for free, just like they were a senior in high school. Give them a chance to pick and see if they like it. Interesting. So would it be the only the first year out of high school or could I just not go to college for 20 years and then cash it in? Uh, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. I don't I don't know who would be out of school 20 years and decide to well, go take a class. I think there would um, have to be some limit. This on girl it. did. Yeah, I know you graduated. You got your degree at I'm 40. I'm on the 30 year You're plan. You're on the 30 year plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say there'd have to be some limits worked out. I don't I haven't thought about all the details, but I mean, you couldn't take mm -hmm. 10 years of your life and go back. Um, maybe you could. I don't, I don't think that's important. I think what's important is making it available for, for students to try. All right. Okay. What would you do to curb inflation? Ooh. Oh, you know, I dun, don't dun, dun. Yeah. I don't know enough about the matrix on all the aspects of that to be super effective with an answer. I don't know enough about it to tell <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll come back so another time for that. I yeah. don't want another two hour podcast on this one answer. Okay. What does that mean? So I don't want him to strain on for four hours okay okay there's we'll a time limit on this okay would you release all info about aliens and ufos yes <laughs> <laughs> and that's it you have no further explanation nope okay okay thanks for you kept it a bit too short <laughs> You're there's, just, a little, you're there's a gray area that i want you to stay in okay you're just too hard to please this is why you're not president no kidding Hey, he's trying to be president. He's trying my patience. <laughs> okay, what's next? Um, oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on welfare? Um, welfare should not be a way of life. That's kind mm. of it. You just can't, you can't stay on welfare forever. If you, if you can't work, then you go on some disability program. But... I actually, outside of my shop, I listened to a group of girls walking down the street one day, 
and they said clearly, I'm going to have another baby so I can get $250 more a month. Wow. It's a way of life and it shouldn't be. It should have been temporary and not a, you, you want a handout when you need it, but what you really should be looking for is a hand up mm. back into society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you remember what welfare was for back in the day? Just a safety net, right? Mm. Well, it, the th they didn't have welfare. You know, welfare is not a concept that's been around as part of your government program forever. And I'll tell you why. If you had a person in your family that was in a situation that needed that kind of help, the family helped. Mm. Then you went to the extended family and they all pitched in and helped. If that didn't work, then you went to your neighborhood. Neighborhoods knew each other. Everybody up and down the street knew each other's names. You guys were all like one big family in your neighborhood with block parties. And the neighborhood would pitch in and help that person. If that didn't work, they had neighborhood churches. Mm. And the church would step in and say, let's help this person. Now, if it got past that, yeah, you, you could go to a city program and the city would say, okay, we have a few of these people that have families and neighborhoods, churches have been trying to help, but it's a pretty big issue here. Let, let us step in and help. But they don't do that anymore. No, when we you need, skip all over you that. You skip all that <laughs> and you go right to the federal government and the way the federal government pays for it is taking money from all your family, your extended family, your neighbors. <laughs> they go right back mm -hmm. and take all the money and they say, we will decide how to do this best because hmm. we didn't need welfare back then it goes okay. back to your national so, pride and okay. go next question what are your thoughts on the vaccine mandate uh, no you you should never mandate something like that that someone put something in their body ever um, and you can't mandate well if you don't get the vaccine then you can't go into a grocery store really Grocery stores are private business. Uh, let them decide. Let Target, let Walmart, let Ralph's grocery stores put on their front door whether they want someone allowed in or not. That's a private business. But if the government can come in and say, okay, you can't go in a restaurant, you can't go in a grocery store, you can't go in a bank, unless you have the vaccine, that forces everyone to get the vaccine. But you've just told private businesses how they're gonna conduct themselves. Mm. And you can't mm -hmm. do that. And what's really funny is all these screaming, liberal, crybaby, middle-aged and younger women that for 40 years have been screaming, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. All right, well, now I'm using that. It's my body and it's my choice. I'll get one if I want to. You can't make me do it. And you shouldn't make someone do it, period. It's funny how when the tides have turned, all of a sudden they've like, well, it's, just, it's different. It's a different thing. No, it's not. You're, you're just biased and one-sided. Hmm. Okay. That's a good answer. Thanks. Next question. I read that on the back of a Lucky Charms box. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Cracker Jacks. No. Oh. Too long of an answer. Okay. okay. Next question. Boom, yeah. boom. Boom, boom. It's like epic music starts right now, and then it's just... Would you offer free health care to every citizen? Sure. Tell me how to pay for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, absolutely. You I want for it with money. The answer is yes. I want every single person living in our country um, to have free health care. I do. I, I want it right now. But you got to tell me how to pay for it. The money that it would cost to do that is just astronomically insane. We can't afford that. We couldn't. You could take it's funny when those idiot people that come out screaming tax the rich tax the corporations okay so take all their money 
from all their tax returns for the past five years. Take it. Take it all from them. Take every penny that Jeff Bezos has in his bank. Take everything from Bill Gates at Microsoft, from every rich person in the country. Take all their money, all the corporation's money. Put it into a big pile. And how long do you think it would pay for health care, even at a modest estimate of what we think it would cost? Not very long. No. About a like week. Like weeks. <laughs> but people don't understand that concept. They just think, oh, no, that's not true. We could do it, and we don't know. You can't. You can't just invent money. You can't print it and have it work that way. It's not mm-hmm. how the economy works. But they're so stupid, all they want to do is scream, give us the free health care. Well, how do you want to pay for it? I don't care. Yeah. Just we'll figure that out me. after. It's not. And so what do politicians do? They promise it so they can get elected. And they know they can't do it. There's no possible way to do mm-hmm. it. Even Obamacare that mandated every single person, even healthy people, pay for something they didn't want and didn't need wasn't enough. It mm-hmm. still didn't cover it. Still, we still went in debt over it. I would love to give everybody free health care. Show me how to do it. I'm with you. I will stand and pick it in front of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I'll do it. But show me how we're paying for it, and I'm on board. Hmm. Now, I'm looking over my notes, and I'm pretty sure this is the second to last question we have. Okay. Would you abolish the Fed? The Federal Reserve? Mm-hmm. No. No, you just got to have smarter people in there that... <laughs> that You got to have realistic people in there. You can't go in debt... 25 million trillion dollars, 25 trillion dollars as a country, and then have somebody in there with a calculator saying quantitative easing <laughs> is going to uh, make this work. And you're like, yeah, on paper, on paper, you know, I can fly with two Blue Jay wings in each finger. On paper, it looks good, but it's never going to happen. My fat ass is going to crash in the ground. <laughs> you just can't do that kind of stuff and have it make sense. I'm hmm. sorry. So you do need a Federal Reserve. You have to. You got to have some people in there doing their doing their thing. But uh, you got to have smart people that are realists that mm-hmm. make real decisions, not not fake ones on paper. Okay. So last and final question: Can okay. I get a drum roll? Okay. How, <laughs> okay. Hopefully, everyone's like tapping their steering steering wheel. Okay. Tap your phone. How do you fix corruption in the government? Term limits. Oh, oh wait, this yes. is the second episode of <laughs> term Gen limits. X Talks. It's not <laughs> tough, but no one does it. Everyone says, well, yeah, term limits is a good idea, but just not, not where I come from. Everyone in California will go, term limits, term limits, okay. Let's start with Nancy Pelosi. Oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> okay, not our person. No, 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 <laughs> your people need to leave. Mitch McConnell needs to leave. You know, your, your, Paul Ryan needs to leave. Your people need to leave, but my guy, he's okay. And every single place says the same thing. Hmm. Term limits would get rid of career politicians. There is no way that anybody should be a public servant uh, for 40 years. I agree. That's stupid. And look at all the money these politicians, as Republicans and Democrats, and I'll use Nancy Pelosi. She, you know, she's been a public servant for 35 years. She's worth $197 million. Jeez. Oh, but she connects, wow. she connects with poor people. She connects with the plight of, <laughs> the, of the downtrodden. She has no idea what that is. We don't need walls. You got a big one around your compound that you live in. You don't, you don't mind those walls. She, has, she is so disconnected from people. And why? Because she's been in politics 35 years. All of them need to go. Republicans and Democrats need to have term limits and get them out. 
Now, the bad part is is that you're going to get rid of some really good people. There's some really good people that are going to run for office, get in, and they're going, I'm doing a great job for America, and I can't stay. No, you can't, because we can't risk having the idiots in there, and the idiots seem to stay longer than the good people. Yeah, but there's a lot of other good people out there yeah, that, there that would do a great job. And I will look everyone in the eye right now. If you are against term limits, you are part of the problem. And I know, I know what their talking points are. Well, my people in my state, my constituents in my in my district, they have pretty hard, they got good feelings about me being an officer. Yeah, I don't care. You're lying. You lie to get in office, and you do what you want once you get there. Term limits is the only way to cripple the corruption that's in there and have a chance at fixing this. Hmm. And the problem is, the people that vote term limits for or against, they're the people that are in there. <laughs> You know, they're not going to lead. They're not going to come home to California and lead a charge in the state. I should be out of here in two <laughs> more years. True. Not going to happen. That is true. So, yeah, term limits is the answer. If you're opposed to it, then you are absolutely part of the problem. Close your mouth and go sit down. Awesome. Well, Gen X Dad, thank you so much for taking the time to answer these questions, you, these burning <sighs> questions from our followers that have been you know, yelling from the rooftops, Gen X Dad 2024. Okay, let me be real clear. I will never be able to run for any public office ever. I have way too many skeletons in my closet, so don't even ask. But, oh, but it's a nice thought. <laughs> and yeah. you guys realize this is the dumbest thing the two of you have ever done was actually get me <laughs> to say these things. We were pretty good on a 60-second TikTok. How much trouble can I get in? So you just, we're under an hour. And you just buried your whole, there's no more Gen X talks after this for you, son, because <laughs> oh, they're going to close you out. They're going to hunt you down. Oh, people are not going to agree with my opinion. Oh, no, there's some this. people who are dying to find out my name. They haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> you know? But I think it's enjoyable and people wanted to hear what you think and <clears throat> what, what your attitude is on this country and some of the things that are on everybody's minds. So well, we'll see. We'll Ho see what happens. Hopefully people don't listen to this. <laughs> hopefully it only hits a real small market and never goes anywhere because then you guys can continue laughing and making the world happy because this is not, this is not anything that anybody really wants to hear. Anybody out there, if you um, want to send us your remarks or comments, just send us to... It's on the website now. Oh, and yeah, that's right. There's actually a blog Forgot. connected to each podcast. If you go to Gen to the Gen X Talks website and scroll down, there are pictures of each of these uh, podcasts. And under them, if you click on them, there's, a, there's an open forum for talking. And you know how many people have commented? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's brand new. <laughs> it so is right, brand new. So right now, I think this is a close to the, our presidential interview uh, to our presidential candidate that is no longer... That's yeah. pulling out of the race. Pulling out of the race. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Well. Um, Gen X mom is saying good day. Have yep. a wonderful time. Gen Z kid here, uh, the interviewer. <laughs> I'm also going to say <laughs> bye. In that stupid <laughs> voice you always do. All right, everybody. That's the best offer I can give you. Those are just my Gen X thoughts. I'm not representing an entire gener generation X. It's just me. Just a dumb mechanic in the middle of the desert giving you my dumb opinion, and now you have it. So we'll catch you all on the flip side.